everybody. Welcome to 2024 and our uh, series that we're going to be continuing this year of talking to our pastors on the Grace Road Show about their sermons and things that they didn't get to. In fact, this year, I'm really hoping that we'll get to talk to more people on staff at Grace Road and talk about some of the stuff going on behind the scenes that most people don't get to see and hear some of the vision and planning for the church um, so we can share it with the church. But today I'm talking with Cody Wilbanks. Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're going to talk about Cody's sermon from this past weekend, which was New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, yeah. And you taught out of Ephesians 3? Yep. The very end of Ephesians chapter 3. Um, I loved the sermon. Thank I. You. I took a ton of notes because I knew I was doing the podcast, first of all. So to be fair, that's why I took a ton of notes. That counts. I typically don't take notes because I like staying focused and notes tend to distract me more than anything. Mm -hmm. But um, out of the gate, one thing that you said that I loved and I wrote it down, I think I even told Danielle, I was like, this was my favorite quote from his sermon. He said, I'm here um, to offer peace and rest to your pressure driven heart. Mm. I thought that was so good. I wrote, I had to like repeat it. And then I missed like the next five minutes of your sermon. Cause I was like, what do you say? I've got to get that wording right. Uh, it was such a good sermon. Thank so, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. giving that to the church. It was helpful. Um, so out of Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 21, mm -hmm. your title of your sermon was an old prayer for a new year. Is that right? Was yep. that the title? Yep. Um, before we even get into some of the questions and details we pulled out of it, was there anything that now that you've preached it, that you felt like, you know, kind of what we talk about, something you wish you could have had more time to talk about. Yeah, I think um, I think I touched on it a little bit more in the second service than the first service, but I could have, you know, kind of uh, labored a little bit more in the point and the idea that that Paul is praying for strength to comprehend something, uh, which is the love of Christ, but but instead of praying. Lord, give me the insight or give me the wisdom. So he's not just limiting this to, I just wish I was smart enough to like grasp it. Yeah. Uh, but he's actually praying for strength in his inner being. Now intellect's part of that inner being, right? But but it's a lot more than that. And I think uh, it just reminds us that, you know, sometimes we're just so weak yeah. spiritually, emotionally, to even believe that Christ would love us that much. And so there's there's a lot of depth there. That yeah. Paul would say, no, we should pray for strength because sometimes that's, that's, that's what we need. We just mm -hmm. need strength to believe. And I think that's super encouraging that even Paul would say that and pray that. And yeah. of course, our brothers and sisters in the first century certainly needed that. And we do too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that kind of leads me into um, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was you know, how does the love, understanding the love of Christ, which is a lot what you talked about a lot in the mm -hmm. sermon, how does that change us when we begin to comprehend it? Um, how do you feel like that really trickles down into our lives practically? Like, what does that start to look like in our lives? Yeah, I think, you know, with uh, the idea of the new year and new habits and, you know, relationships, choices, all those kind of things, the, the love of Christ in the gospel. So the gospel says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, none whatsoever. Uh, so if that's true, that Christ really loves me like that, that, there's no condemnation for me because I'm in Jesus. I mean, that frees me from all of the guilt mm. of failed habits and choices, sin, broken relationships. Doesn't necessarily free me from all the consequences, but it frees me from the guilt before him. 
Um, so it frees me from that, but it also, I mean, frees me from, you know, having to prove myself with better habits and better choices. Um, and, and so again, it, it, it's just freeing. And, and so because it's freeing up, I, I should hopefully, you know, jump towards those things with joy and hope and excitement. And, um, again, not feeling like my eternity rests on how I do here, yeah. uh, but I really can't approach it with, uh, again, grace and hope and joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting contrast to think about if we're framing our lives around the love of Christ versus just like self-improvement mm. or, um, which, you know, there's places for like getting better at things yeah, and wanting sure. to improve things or goals and stuff like mm. that. But to really frame it around the love of Christ, it changes the way we talk about people and things and mm. goals. And um, this is a conversation I was having with a friend the other day, just how do we let the love of Christ really like do its work in us? Because as we're like learning how to know the love of Christ, it's also doing a work in us as yeah. we're learning about it. It's mm-hmm. not like a, a piece of information that we're adding to yep. it's, it's, it's an active thing that's changing us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think, I think you're right. Like in all that, the way we interact with others and our habits and the way we treat ourselves and the way we yeah. honor God with our own bodies, like it's all, it all, it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the gospel, it, it enables me to say, you know, I acknowledge that, that I need to grow, mm-hmm. but it doesn't crush me with the fact that I need to grow. Right. Like it's okay. Yeah. And it's just truth telling. Yeah. But it's okay. It's freeing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I loved, you were talking about one thing I wanted to talk to you about was you were talking about the depths of Christ's love. And I don't know if you've seen this, but scientists have discovered a hidden ocean. Have you seen this? No. Okay. I did not hear about this. So they have discovered what they believe to be a mass of water, three times the amount of water that we have on the surface embedded in rocks about 400 miles below the earth's crust, which is insane. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, this explains so much about what we've seen with earthquakes and reservoirs of water. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) sure. Um, But it had me thinking when you were talking about the depths of Christ's love that we literally are even like could plumb the depths of what we know and then find out there's a reservoir that's, three times the size of what we thought it was. That would have been a killer illustration. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> well, I only just learned about it and we had just talked about it in the car on the way to church. So when you talked about the depths of Christ's love, I was like, man, this is amazing. Like just when you think you've gone okay. to the depths, God's like, guess what? I have three, like more than you thought you needed. Sweet. Now I'm putting it in my notes for the next time I teach yes. that. Sort of passage. <laughs> That's great. Hopefully science doesn't change too much by the time you preach this sermon again. <laughs> That'll all be false and you'll preach it. And someone's gonna be like, they, nope, they refuted nope, that. Nope. Um, okay. So you mentioned, like I said, the title was an old prayer for a new year. And that had me thinking about um, praying ancient prayers. So there's books like the book of common prayer, the Valley of vision, there's mm-hmm. historic ancient prayers and things that have been in the church for thousands of years in mm-hmm. some cases. Um, I personally love them, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Like, is there value to praying these prayers that are written, repeated, prayers that the church has been praying for years. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think so. I think, uh, I'm not the guy to talk to about the book of common prayer. That's not something I'm an expert on, but I love Valley of vision. Me too. I love it. I used to have a, it was kind of a habit of mine, part of my rhythm to pray, uh, or read that on Sunday mornings. Mm. Uh, I kind of walked out of that, not because I dislike it, but, uh, I could probably go back to it, but the Valley of vision is incredible. And, and I think what it, what it does is, 
Um, someone has likened it to praying with someone who prays better than you. Ooh, I love that. Um, and so, you know, if you, when I say better than you, someone who's a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit more articulate with the way that they're expressing their emotions or thoughts or, or needs, uh, interceding for other people. Um, it, what that does is it helps you grow in prayer. It helps you kind of grow a little bit and how you think and how you express things. And so I think this just does the same thing where we're hearing from other people that um, uh, have put a lot of thought in their yeah. prayer and have written it down. And uh, I, I think it's great. I think people should do it. I think they should read those prayers and maybe, you know, pray them themselves, maybe try and put it in their own words, perhaps, you know, um, actually that's one of the things we do in um, our saints and scholars program. We have one uh, spiritual formation assignment where they have to, uh, write out three different prayers. And really it's just to force them to be thoughtful, intentional, articulate. You know, you know, when you write, you're mm-hmm. forced to really think about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You have to be clear. And, you know, our prayer life can be kind of routine, maybe we kind of say the same thing or we think the same thing. Um, and, and writing it out really does make you think a little differently, be a little yeah. bit more intentional. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that's one of my favorite, I, I don't do it as regularly as I wish I did, but when I think of it and writing out a prayer in my devotional time, yeah. um, it's always interesting to me to see written down what I actually believe yeah. <laughs> or what yeah, I'm exactly. thinking. And, um, and I love Valley of Vision. It's mm. one of my favorites too. And, uh, the way that some things are articulated, it also makes me feel like connected to this long line of believers. Like, yeah. Oh, someone was struggling with this this long ago and they it's exactly how I feel today. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's powerful to me to realize in, in a very freeing way I'm not special. Like yeah. this is not a unique struggle that no one has ever struggled with this. I'm not uniquely um faced with a challenge that no believer has ever struggled with before. It's just Valley Vision has some really honest words that mm-hmm. uh, it's just encouraging like okay, yeah. we're all kind of in this long like I picture in my head, like a long trail of pilgrims on this path and someone just passed along the notebook from the front, like, yeah. Hey, this got us to the front. So got us up here. So if you want to read it while you're on the way, I'm like, yes, anything that I can get for encouragement. But I know I've looked at book of common prayer a bit when we were talking about, um, Christian disciplines at the women's conference. And we talked about the little hours and they have all mm. those different places of Christian rhythms of prayer built Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And I just like the idea of intentional stopping points throughout the day. Um, I've never actually used it, but you know, they have those built in there. Um, Do you think there's, is there a wrong way to pray? I guess I'm asking, like I've heard it said, you, you know, you don't pray to, don't pray to God, the father pray to Jesus. Like, you know, there's like, is there a right, right or wrong way to pray? Oh, well, that's a Trinity question, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, no, we, we can pray to to any of them, yeah. uh, the persons of the Trinity, okay. the one God, right? <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, there, there's much more to be said of, of that for sure. But as far as like a wrong way to pray, I mean, we just look to what Jesus says, right? Jesus outlines the Sermon on the Mount, which okay. we're going to get to pretty fairly soon uh, on Sunday mornings. And yes. so, for example, in Matthew 6, right, when he before he goes into the Lord's Prayer, um, right. He says, don't pray like these Pharisees that stand on the corner of the street and pray out loud. They want to be seen um, so that, um, you know, there's there's a, a pride driven, performance driven 
way of prayer for us today. Probably no one's going to go stand on the corner of Prince and East <laughs> praying. That's probably not our temptation. Our temptation might be social media, yeah. maybe some other ways, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he, what else he says, you know, don't, don't heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do thinking that it does something. In other words, I think the idea there is, you know, just be honest with what's going on in your heart. You know, there's not some ritual saying yeah. to make things happen. Just be honest and the Lord knows what you have and need and yeah. what's going on in your heart. Yeah. Prayer isn't an incantation. It's not no. something that we like yeah. repeat or a spell. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, you got into the doxology at the end of Ephesians, which says, forgive me, it's not in front of me. Now to him who is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine yep. or ask or think. Um, so that had me thinking in general, I think that we, I don't know, maybe reform people. I might be wrong. <laughs> err on the side of caution when it comes to prayer. We're afraid to ask for things that seem big mm. or frightening um, to ask for in case the Lord says no. Um, and so I think we, I think I'm guilty of this and I know that I've heard other people too, where we like hedge our bets with God, like God, only if it's your will to heal them, only if it's your will. Um, like we, we so in earnest want to honor God in his will yeah. that we are afraid to just ask mm -hmm. for things. Mm -hmm. So in that passage though, you know, it does encourage us, I think, to ask for big things because we serve a big God. And, um, you know, what do we do? What does that do for us when he doesn't answer far beyond what we could ask? Like when he says, no, is it, should we ask for hard things? Can we ask for hard things? I know you talked about it a little bit. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, <laughs> My question's falling apart here, but <laughs> how do we handle that as believers who are trying to entrust ourselves to the will of God? Yeah. And have big things. Yeah. I think we can do both those things, right? Or we have to do both those things. The Bible absolutely calls us to pray, invites us to pray, even commands us to pray. Like this is something we do. We follow Jesus in obedience. God's glorified when we pray. I think God is glorified when we ask for things like that and hope for things like that. Because we're saying, God, I believe mm -hmm. that you can, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so we absolutely do that thing. We're encouraged to pray with faith trusting that, that, that God not only can, uh, do those things, nothing hinders him, nothing can thwart, uh, his plan. Um, um, and so again, yeah, we, we pray for big things. We see that in our passage from Sunday, the end of Ephesians three, but, but even, you know, we'll get to the Lord's prayer again in Matthew chapter six, you know, for Jesus to say, Hey, pray like this, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a big prayer. Yeah. Like that's not a small ask. And so even Jesus is saying, you know, pray like this. Yeah. You should have this kind of expectancy and hope and trust. Now, as far as, you know, when does, what hap What do we believe when God says no, or he doesn't bring the, those things? Yeah, we absolutely chalk that up to, you know, God still reserves the right as the sovereign one to give us what he yeah. deems good and right. Um. You know, James talks about sometimes we ask amiss or with wrong motives. So sometimes I'm asking God um, for something really just to satisfy either a craving that's sinful or just something that's unhelpful for me. And I just have to trust that the Lord knows best. Obviously, he's not going to reward me for yeah. asking those kind of things. But should we pray for big things? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we should pray, you know, Lord, um, fill in the blank, you know, do save this person, yeah. this person that I, that in my mind, in my 
my understanding is unsavable. He will never turn to you, but you can save him. Yeah. Uh, pray for revival in our city. Does it seem dark here? Of course it does, but God can absolutely change that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think we should absolutely pursue those things. Um, do you know, you know, George Mueller? Yeah. Uh, so there's some amazing stories mm. of his yeah. asking for things in faith. I think there was one story I was reading earlier where he was trying to get to Quebec on a ship. Did you see this one? Mm. And he needed to get there by a certain time. Uh, and the captain said, there's too much fog. We're not going to get there on time. He was like, let me handle it. And he was like, can I come down to the captains, whatever, and pray? And he said, he prayed that the Lord would lift the fog. And the captain started praying next to him and he told him to be quiet because he was like, one, you're not praying in faith to um, God already is going to answer it. And yeah. the fog lifted. They were yeah. able to get there on time. Like things like that have happened. George Mueller is one example of like just a man of faith, oh, which yeah. I think we have examples of, of certain believers who had a gift of faith that mm-hmm. the Lord gave them to pray for things and ask for things. And the Lord met those things. And uh, as examples to us of how we can pray and, and, mm-hmm. And there's also people who've asked for things and the Lord said no. Yep. And, um, but I'm so encouraged by stories like that to be like, okay, I can ask for things where, I mean, there have been times where even for us, like in our family, Lord, would you answer this prayer? And the prayer is answered. And what I think I have to do better at is connecting my prayer to that answer. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes what I'll do is I'll be like, oh, what a coincidence can you believe we yeah. finally got this thing in the mail, this tax check or something mm-hmm. that we were waiting on? And I guess I don't need to worry about that anymore. Or um, a lab result comes back better than I thought. And I think, okay, I'm not going to worry about it. Instead of thinking that, oh, you know what? Maybe the Lord answered my prayer. Yeah. And it wasn't in this like big showy flash in the pan way. Like the Lord was faithful and answered a prayer that I prayed three weeks ago. But if I'm not remembering that I prayed that, that I might forget the connection between those things. So to do a better job, even as believers, better job. I hate to put it that way for our own faith, to build our own faith, to remember what we have prayed for and that the Lord does answer those prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I could tell you the same similar stories. I mean, being on the mission field uh, so many different times that uh, we were praying, not sure how things would work out. And then at the last minute, the Lord (laughs) coming through Yeah, and we could, you know, someone on the outside might say, Oh, you know, coincidence or, you know, things just lined up right or the right opportunity came up. But like, we know that God had a good plan, that he answered our prayer, that he provided for our need. Yeah. And those are absolutely things, you know, as believers, so grown adults, it's good to remember and lean on, especially as we face new trials and new deadlines and new things like that. God's been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful in the future. Um, I'm just thinking back to my own experience on the mission field. We we tried to also like highlight that to our kids. Like, mm. look how the Lord blessed our family. Like, yeah. look how, you know, we got, you know, the support check that we needed right. or we needed our passport in time to make the flight. And it came right on that day, mm. all things that happened for us. Um, just to, again, glorify the Lord, not just for our own good, but for our family and for our right. kids. Yeah, so I love that. Remember. We we used to keep yeah. prayer journals with yeah. uh, Madeline, my oldest. Mm. And there was a number of times where she would pray for something and the Lord would answer. And I tried to, when I would remember to be like, look, at you wrote this down mm. a few days ago. We wrote this in your prayer journal at night and what you were asking the Lord for. And let's tie the string to that thing. Yeah. Um, even in staff meeting today, we prayed for someone and <laughs> yeah. they said, amen. And she picks up her phone and is like, oh. 
the prayer was answered immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if like, I think we're forgetful people and yeah. we're kind of trained to think coincidentally instead of by faith. And oh, goodness. like, how much would we, how much would our faith be built if we were better at tying those strings and um, reminding each other, like, look at the Lord's faithfulness, look at the Lord's faithfulness again and again. Yeah. Um, man, that's encouraging to me. It makes me want to start to write down my prayers more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so forgetful. I'm just, yeah, we all are. Man. Um, yeah, I think that's, does that cover everything that we had hoped to talk about today? I'm trying to, I'm looking at my list. It was, a, it was, a really great sermon. And I felt like you covered the content really, really well. Thanks. Um, so I didn't have a ton of things where I was like, Oh, I wish you talked about this more. Not that you couldn't have. But, yeah. Oh yeah. There's so much there. Like, you know um, yeah. I mean, there's so much in that, that passage, the, you know, I mentioned the doctrine of the union with Christ. Oh yeah. Right? That was like, on my list. Oh good. Um, I'm glad you remembered that in and of itself is a massive topic. Seriously. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's, you could do a whole sermon just on union with Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could do a sermon series. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll leave it at that then. People can go study that. Do you have any books that you would recommend or teachings on that? I'm putting you right on the spot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Some really good systematic theology books. Uh, Louis Burkhoff's Reformed, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Systematic Theology. Um yeah, Bob Inc. I love Reform Dogmatics. Uh, yeah, there, there's so, totally putting so on many. The spot. There, there's so this many. This is my bad. <laughs> the, uh, another guy, Constantine Campbell, uh, he wrote a recent commentary on Ephesians, okay. which I've used a lot. Uh, and he does a really good job. He's kind of an expert in Pauline theology. And so he really breaks down the doctrine of union with Christ and the way that Paul uses it. It's multifaceted. And so he, he does a really good job of um, highlighting the different ways we can think about union with Christ and our salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's I a know. Lot, I yeah. was reading up on it yeah. a little bit before we started recording, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way we can unpack this uh, sufficiently in a 30-minute podcast. No, no. But it's worth diving into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talking about building your faith and things like that. Well, I think that's all we have then yeah. for, for this episode. Sounds good. All right. We'll be back next week. Um, Kevin is preaching out of the Sermon on the Mount this weekend, right? Yep. So we'll be back next week with another episode. And I'm going to try to push the right button to wrap up this episode. And forgive me if I don't, everybody, because it might be some weird sound that's <laughs> not the right one. But Happy New Year, and we'll see you at church. And thanks for listening to The Grace Roadshow. Show.